What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Save Continue Podcast, episode 98. My name is Tommy Selfie. With me, as always, Mr. Ryan Robinson. Hi! Ms. Shanae Howard. Hi! And if you don't know, for the next couple episodes, we're trying out different formats. This week is mine, so get ready for the ride of your fucking life. Nice. 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 Uh, we are available on all sorts of podcast services, YouTube, mm-hmm. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Go out there, find us, listen, watch, enjoy. Like, comment, and subscribe. Now, yeah, we gotta say that. First thing yeah. that is different each episode, we'll start with one trivia question. So, if you guys look over here, tell me. Pass. Twisted Metal. Who is that? I don't know who that is. I can't. Well, one of you has to get it. So, I'm gonna give, give some clues. Okay. He is one of the founders of that game company. Oh, Genova Chen. Genova Chen. That is correct. That's actually literally the first time I've ever seen his face. Really? Mm-hmm. You never watched the tester or anything like that? Nope. Okay. So, as winner of today's trivia question, Ryan. Yes, sir. You get the right to use Can I Finish? <laughs> Which means <laughs> that if at any time Shanae or I interrupt you, uh-huh. you can say... Can I finish? And we cannot speak for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Oh. Unless Ryan says, go ahead and speak. Okay. You also have the right at the end of the show to plug anything you like, anything that you've been enjoying lately, whether it's video game related or not. Cool. Okay. Oh, I, I now I want to win more. Oh. We'll play more video games, I guess. Well, I feel like the trivia will help you learn at least, Shanae. Now, right. now you know what Genova Chen looks like. Yeah. Yeah. You know what game he made? What games Flow. he made? Yeah, have you played that? Flower. Have you played that? I Cloud. Played Flower. Have you played that? Journey. Have you played that? Play that. Okay. Uh, so let's get into the meat of the show. Today we're talking about remakes, reboots, uh, reimaginings, you know, mm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan. Yes, sir. What's one of your favorite remakes or reboot? You can even go remaster. We can throw those in there, too. Okay. So, I got to go with DMC right off the bat. So, we brought this up recently because I've been playing it recently. Uh Very divisive. Yes. Uh, I said, I think we talked about it last week, actually. Uh, A lot of people, prior to its release, they were really down on it just because of Dante's new look. And, you know, without knowing anything about how the game actually played. Yeah. Uh, and I was already, like, I was into it because it was a new Devil May Cry, so I was I was totally into it. But I, I had played, uh, like, the year prior to that game coming out, I had played the first three Devil May Cry games uh, kind of in, like, quick succession. Sure. Um, and I very much got used to the formula of all three of those games. Because they're actually, all three of those games kind of share the same formula uh, throughout. And playing uh, playing DMC was almost like... it. Of course, it had its similarities to the predecessors, but it, it was almost like a whole new franchise. Yeah. Uh, just the way the combat worked, uh, the way it flowed so much better. Uh, the tone was a lot more... I wouldn't say serious, but it's not serious. Yeah, it, but it was it was very much like because as I said last week, Dante very much presented <laughs> himself like like a frat boy 
Yeah. And, like, guzzling his beers and... Like, you remember the beginning of that game where, like, something happens to his trailer? Yeah. And he's jumping through the air naked. Yeah. And, he, and, and, like, things are covering his ding-dong conveniently. Yeah, like pizza slices yeah. and baseball bats. Then he gets into his pants. Yeah. 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 So, I don't think it takes itself too seriously. No. Um, you know, I like that a lot. Uh, I like that. Not I, I don't know. That, just, that game was really awesome. And it very much seems like we're not going to get another one. Um, although I, I would love to see them continue with that. I think Devil May Cry 5 is more likely. Mm. Um, did did you play DMC? Yes, I did. What did you think of it? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I mean, it was pretty, I liked it since it was like so linear. It just like felt, it just, I don't know, I felt felt like it was a nice flow. Mm -hmm. I'm also like, I'm a huge MO and like JRPG fan. Like anything that is, like, it takes a lot for me to be annoyed by th- feel like by like p- repetitiveness. That's funny that you tie uh, those those two things to to the genres. Like being annoyed is directly tied to MMOs and JRPGs. Well, like both of them have a lot of points that are really, really, really repetitive. Like yeah. you got to grind. Yeah, yeah. Um, like is I that is something else that I didn't touch on before is that the linearity of DMC. Uh, because with the previous games, you were like wandering around a lot, like yeah. finding like different things. Because they very much, because uh, they were still very much taking cues from the Resident Evil games in that regard. And uh, DMC was kind of like you just running through the levels and yeah. like killing. Well, the guys. first Devil May Cry was actually intended to be a Resident Evil game. So I heard. Yeah. Um, Shanae, what do you think makes a good reboot or a good remake of a game? So. Reboot or remake? I feel like, uh, hmm. I definitely feel like keeping the spirit of the game, keeping why people liked it, but improving upon graphics. No, um, I mean, yeah, gra- <laughs> graphics do help a lot of people with immersion, <clears throat> but yeah, like I was, but yeah, improving upon like immersion of what's already there and. If you can make it prettier or like have better mechanics, sure. But still feel like this is the game I'm playing. I'm getting all the feels from last time. I think that marks the su- like success. Okay. I'd like to add an addendum to my answer. Go ahead. Doom. I was about to say. I can't believe no. You didn't can say I finish? Doom. Damn. It is now eleven fifty six. Shanae. Silence. Uh. So. Doom was the, it was a surprise to me, um, based on what I had seen with Doom 3, uh, and I did not expect them to, I did not expect them to do, uh, to be so close to that game, to that franchise's roots with, uh, with this reboot. Uh, of course, the game is gorgeous, uh, it, it maintains the, like, the fast-paced, uh, gameplay of its, of its predecessors, whereas Doom 3 was very much, like, it was more survival horror than, uh, not survival horror, but it was more of like an atmospheric horror, horror game. Sure. Uh, than, uh, Doom 1 and 2. Uh, and I like, I just, it was just a great, it was like a great way to reintroduce existing fans to the franchise and also get, you know, new fans of the franchise too. Yeah. Um, and it's just everything about that game. I, it's probably my favorite shooter of this generation it's interesting because it stays pretty faithful to the source material uh while at the same time like kind of heavily deviating from that formula yeah like it is much more open than the old doom games yeah um yeah 
Uh, great, uh, also like the multiplayer. While there is multiplayer, and there are there is a crowd of people that like it. Yeah, uh, I, I do think not I, care for it. I think there's a lot of people that were disappointed in it. Yeah. Shanae, you may speak. I thought the rules were that Tommy and I both can't talk if you say can't no, finish. No, it's whoever interrupted the person. Well, what if both of us did? No, no. Plus, what, Ryan's just going to talk for 10 minutes on his own? That's what I thought. I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, so I have two that I want to bring up. Uh, I feel like these rules are rigged. Well, we can discuss, all right? This is the beta episode. Yeah. I, all right. We're, this is the shakedown stage, okay? Uh, I have two that I want to discuss. One is Mortal Kombat 9, and the other is King's Quest, mm-hmm. uh, the more recent King's Quest. Uh, I think these two games do something really interesting. One... They are technically remakes of the source material. Right. They're at the same time reboots of the source material and at the same time sequels right. to the source material. Right. Uh, Mortal Kombat 9 does pick off where the last Mortal Kombat ended. Right. It just goes back to the beginning at the yeah. same time. King's Quest is, you know, him telling telling uh, stories of his adventures to his granddaughter. He is an old man at this point. Yeah. Uh, so they are sequels, but they are also remakes. They are also reboots. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Um, I think they both do all three extremely well. And I think it's smart to strive to do that. I don't think it's, it's necessary, but if you can make it a sequel, you can keep fans, uh, of the series that really want that canon, you know, sure. Uh, want that old canon to remain. Yeah. While at the same time rebooting your franchise. Right. Uh, I do like how Mortal Kombat 9, kind of was able to tie the first three games into like one cohesive storyline right um which is and to be fair like i'd never really cared about the story of mortal Kombat previously sure uh and them actually crafting a a you know a narrative between those three games Mm -hmm. and you know and through the course of one game was actually really neat and then it kind of laid the groundwork for uh you know narrative driven single player campaigns in a in fighting games, yeah. which is really neat too. Have you have you ever met somebody that was like really into the lore of Mortal Kombat? Uh I have not. I and well oh. not not since I was in elementary school. No. Oh yeah. No, those I've run in a couple of those people and uh I I really want to go and find like a, a video so anybody <coughs> like that's listening knows of one and can send it to me. A video that goes over all of the history of them cuz some some of the things that people have told me about the lore of it is nanners. Yeah. And I'm like this doesn't make sense. So, like it gets there eventually. What I think is cool, I mean this is kind of going off topic, but I think it's neat that like there are many characters throughout that franchise that exist because of rumors and speculation. Yeah. You know, I think it's cool that Kano is Australian because of the movie. That is cool. Yeah. Shanae, what's your favorite remake? Favorite remake? Um, I was gonna my well, I was gonna say the probably the best one that uh, that I can think of is Doom. But um, but is that your favorite? My favorite? Oh, well, we're gonna do it for mine. Mine's lame. I feel like mine's gonna be super obvious. That's okay. What is it? Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5. But those are more remasters. I'm talking about well, like said, a remake. Said, okay, well, you said remasters. For they are in the conversation, but in this question, oh, I want to know remake. What is your favorite? Hmm. I don't know. You don't know? That's okay. Uh, so there are a couple of games that I find questionable. DuckTales Remastered 
is not a remaster of the original DuckTales game. That's a remake, isn't it? Is it, though? Because if that's a remake, I think you could give it give DuckTales remastered. Uh, I think you, can, you could call that a remake because there are things in that game that are not in the original. Sure. Level layouts aren't exactly the same. Because I feel like we, um, we looked at Shadow of the Colossus at E3. And- so, so there are differences, right? But like... Oh, I am really excited about that. With... Okay, let me ask you this then. Okay. Super Mario All-Stars. Yeah. That technically is a remake, right? They yeah. they use none of the old assets. Sure. But they're the exact same games, right? It's not like, so what do we consider that? Do we consider that a remake? I guess because I feel like the criteria that we had been measuring that on is because we like I was going to say we looked at Shadow of the Colossus at E3 right and we weren't calling it a remaster because it very much looked like new assets that they were It is ground up right right so that was we weren't calling that a remaster we were calling it a remake but we don't know what that game's going to be sure now with um <clears throat> with all stars it's kind of hard to say because I, th- I again I think that the criteria that we've been using to gauge whether or not it's a remake or a remaster is just whether or not they're using new assets. Like, for example, The Last of Us, that's a remaster. Right. Because uh, they're using all the same assets. They're just up them, right? Whereas uh, All-Stars, I want to go ahead and say that's a remake. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to call that a remake. I think I'd have to agree. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, I think that, uh, you know, even if it's... Even if they're using, even if the level layout is the same and like everything like happens the same way in all of the games, I think that using those new assets can still very much make them feel brand new again. Yeah. Uh, and so I would call those games remakes for sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, talk about Tomb Raider. Talk about the newest Tomb Raider, not Rise of, but the Tomb Raider, just Tomb Raider. Sure. Uh, tell me about that. What? How do you feel about that? I think it's excellent. Yeah. Um, Why is it excellent? What does it do that makes it excellent? Uh, I th- I like that uh, the two most recent Tomb Raider games are a lot. They feel a lot more grounded, uh, and they make they've both made Lara into a much more believable and more relatable character and more well rounded. Right. Um, I think that the there's a better emphasis on. Uh, on storytelling than you know the previous games had yeah uh the other games did have uh, you know the themes of all two major games have been exploration and uh uh and level traversal but i feel like um with uh with the newer tomb raiders it just felt like getting through the levels uh using all her different tools to get from one place to another just felt so much more satisfying sure uh the gunplay was you know markedly better and not even talking you know, on a cross-generational level, it's just the gunplay in the in the previous Tomb Raider games to me was never fun. That was always the least, even at the time. Yeah, even at the time, that was always my least favorite part of those games. Okay. Whereas in uh, in the newer games, that like I very much look forward to those ga- engagements. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and you know, even and like Shanae said, she's like more well-rounded because I think very much like uh, in the previous games, she was just marketed as like this sexy lady that is actually not how she was not not marketed but like she was kind of just uh she was perceived as yeah uh just because of the way that you know we kind of i guess the way triangular boobs that uh we looked at video games at the time sure you know uh and i I mean people saw this big boobed lady and ran with it right sure like i don't know if you remember the uh laura croft like 
bikini spreads in magazines. Yeah, gross. which that development team has since come out and apologized for. Said it was something they they never wanted to happen. Yeah, you know. Um, Shanae, did you ever play Duke Nukem Forever? Yeah. What did you think of Duke Nukem Forever? Um, uh, I had fun with it. I. Uh, I mean, I, it's obvious, obviously satire. I felt like it was like the old ones. I was fine with it. I, then again, I didn't, when I, when I played it and beat it, I didn't actually like pay for it. So okay. I like, I didn't put money down on it. So I was pretty okay with it. So with old characters like, like these, like Duke Nukem and Lara Croft and, uh, anybody from Mortal Kombat, uh, how do you take characters that, feel like they are definitely part of a certain time. Oh. And 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 successfully update them. Because like I feel like with Mortal Kombat, those characters are just as goofy and stupid as they ever were. They're just as nineties as they ever were. Same thing with Duke Nukem. I mean obvi- uh you just move the stereotype of what that guy was at that time, figure out the stereotype of this time, and just change the character to that. <laughs> like, just move it from one stereotype to the next. Keep it stupid. That's, like, I mean, I guess it's like probably the easiest way to, like, make them into modern times and still have the same feel to them. Do you think that... I don't feel like that's what they did with Duke Nukem, but... <laughs> do you think that they benefit from being so dated? Like, you can look at those characters and say those are some 90-ass characters. Do you think that benefits them now? Uh, Well, certain groups, yes. Yeah. It, it just depends on who your audience is and who are you trying to market this towards. If you're trying to do it towards a new audience, probably not going to hit them. Like, sure. it's probably not good. Like, I mean, they may end up loving it and be, and. But I mean, like, with Mortal Kombat 10, there's definitely people that haven't played Mortal Kombat before that are playing that game. Yeah. You know? But I also do feel like with fighting games, it is much different than story driven games. Because in fighting games, characters are typically kind of silly. And also, like, a lot of. Very rarely do I meet people who play fighting games for the storyline. True. That's true. It's for the competitive scene or for having fun with their friends or having a game that you like your brothers or a family can play and anybody can hop on and at least button mash. Yeah. Okay. Ryan? So. Same, same question. How do you think you can take old characters and, you know, successfully? By successfully, I mean improve them to the point that it's marketable and you can make money off of this. I don't think that as a character, uh, we're, uh, I don't think that Duke Nukem has any place in the 21st century. No. Uh, I think that he was very much... A well, pu- you saw a place for him. You bought Bulletstorm because of him. Yeah, but then look at how... like. Well, I bought Bulletstorm because of Bulletstorm. I pre-ordered it just so I, okay. for the okay. novelty of... But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that Duke Nukem is very much... Uh, he is very much a product of his time. And the thing about Duke Nukem is that the Duke Nukem, the games weren't cool because of Duke Nukem. Uh, they were cool because of the th- because of the actual gameplay. Um, whereas, and so I, I disagree. You don't think that in the '90s, as a teenage boy, seeing some big muscly dude with guns shooting up crazy fucking demons and throwing money at strippers, you don't think that that was intended to be cool? No, I think that, I think, and that there were some teenage boys that thought that that was cool. I think very much that that was intended to be cool. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, anecdotally, I wasn't like, at, when I was 12 years old, I didn't think he was a cool guy at the time. But yeah. like, like looking back, I just don't think that there's a really a way to bring that character into, you know, the modern generation, especially considering the fact that it's largely believed by most people. Uh, I don't I want to say most people, but there are a lot of people who believe that the action hero is dead. And uh, Duke Nukem is very much an action hero archetype, right. and there isn't really a way to 
uh, it's not. It's really hard to modernize something like that. Like unless you unless you're like super self aware with mm-hmm. it, uh, which even still, it's really hard to avoid going overboard with it to the point where it's just like, uh, all right, let's reel it back. Um, whereas I think that with something like Mortal Kombat, um, the fighting games are very fighting games really really rely on the characters that inhabit them, uh, and. I think that Mortal Kombat is cool because of the characters that uh, that inhabit the game, and and because of like their you know their varied you know uh, move sets and their and you know the presentation that they have. And with the later games, like we could also say, we'd also talk about you know the personalities of these characters at this point because you know in the in the uh, in like Mortal Kombat's one through three, uh, there was no personality for those characters. They kind sure. of they kind of just existed uh, in that game. Uh, whereas I can actually say, you know, I can actually say that I like this character in Mortal Kombat because I think his personality is funny or whatever. Right. Um, character model's cool. Yeah. Whatever it might be. And so I think that uh, I think that Mortal Kombat's transition into uh, you know the modern game generation was probably a lot easier uh, just because of the way it's kind of, it's a little bit easier to uh, to modernize those characters. And I feel like they're a lot more malleable than Duke Nukem was because I think that he kind of exists in this uh, very rigid sort of like, like hyper macho uh, sort of framework. Sure. That's, it's kind of hard to deviate from that while still keeping that character intact. Whereas I think that the, the characters of Mortal Kombat, they, uh, because when we, when we came to Mortal Kombat 9, they were kind of working, it seemed very much like they were kind of working with a blank slate at that point. And they were kind of like, let's just build, rebuild these characters from the ground up. We're going to keep, we're going to keep the essence of what makes Scorpion Scorpion and the essence of what makes Johnny Cage Johnny Cage and kind of just build a personality on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that they were largely successful with it. I, Go ahead, Janae. Oh, um, uh, back, to, uh, this isn't like, this isn't remake related necessarily, but the action hero stereotype, I mean, I feel like they definitely can transition some of it. I mean, look at Kratos now in the newest game. Sure, he's, he's, absolutely, sure. He, Way different person. Yeah. I mean, but they transitioned it to like, oh, he has a reason to be so like, ruthless. He has a son with yeah. him. They're giving him a softer edge without necessarily changing his character, and I think that it can be done well. And while that game is a sequel, uh, they have chosen to just call it God of War. Yeah, and Which is typically reserved for something like a remake, right? right? And it does have a drastically different feel to it. Yeah, um, both in gameplay and you know, it. So it might as well be a reboot at that yeah. point, I think. Um, and I agree with you on Kratos because, uh, but at the same time, I think that Kratos's inception, you know, was you know far removed from Duke Nukem's because I it was a very different. There, there were action heroes in two thousand five, right? But. They're very different from the action heroes of, you know, the early to mid nineties. Sure. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not saying that I don't, I'm not saying that it would be impossible to bring a character like Duke Nukem to, you know, 2017 or 2018 or 2045 if they make another Duke Nukem, but. But it has proved impossible yeah, for that it, character. It's just, he, it's he doesn't really fit anywhere. Yeah. Um, and they, and I mean, we he didn't even really fit into his own game. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so, and then, you know, with Gearbox, they tried, they tried again to put him into something else. Uh, and he just, he doesn't really, really belong anywhere. And it's, it's funny because it's, he felt out of place 
in Bulletstorm. You know, uh, a game that is full of, like, yeah. meatheads. I think part of that, though, is because they didn't bother changing dialogue. Maybe. Um, but I think even still, he just, he still felt, he. I think he feel, sort of felt out of place. And which is, and again, it's really weird to say that, considering what the overall theme of that game is and what the other characters in that game are like. Yeah. Uh, a lot of dick jokes and all sorts yeah. of stuff, yeah. So, it just, I don't know. I think, you know, his time is kind of over. Um but, you know, that was a really good point about Kratos because I didn't actually think about that because he was very much what uh, what we came to know video game action heroes as, you know, in the in the mid-2000s, I think. Well, he's got that angry dad meter now, so I'm sure we'll see some of that old God of War in yeah. the new one. There's, I mean, it's probably, just, it's probably just less sex. Well, I mean, he carried himself through, like, three main entries with, like, with yelling. Well, so. Ryan and I talked about this. There's been now four, five, six... Six or seven God of War games. Six, um, I believe. And in every single one, there is quick time event sex. And we've discussed, will this new God of War have quick time event sex yeah. or not? Yeah. It's going to be in a hut. Little boys going to be standing outside of it. You're just going to see him uncomfortable. No, I think that if they do, I think that if they do that, I think that if they do. It the doesn't qu- seem like it'll fit anymore, right? I think that if they do the quick time sex event, it'll be him conceiving that boy. I don't think so, but that would be hilarious. Because <laughs> there's one, two, three, Ascension, Ghost of Sparta, Chains of War, Chains of Olympus, Chains of Olympus. Yeah. Those and those all and and the the ones that aren't numbered, they also have quick time sex. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Sinead, the next few minutes are for you. Uh, for you. Talk to us about the Pokemon re- remakes: Leaf Green, Alpha Omega, all that shit. Oh you yeah! Play any of them? So, uh, uh, yeah, and of course, like Soul Silver, uh, and all that too. Tell me about them. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Um, I've honestly, like, I've never had a problem with anything that Game Freak has done as far as like remakes or anything like that, or adding it to where, uh, anything. I've always uh been like vaguely aware of the fact that uh japan got different games than us when i first got my pokemon games mm-hmm. and how it came out different than what i've been seeing uh just like from like friends in like elementary school so i always felt like we were getting kind of like different versions anyways when i first like was hearing about it so i've never had a problem i think that they've always been proved upon it uh there's definitely some aspects to pokemon games i have not taken advantage of like the ribbon collecting decorating thing they did in silver um i think probably soul silver is the one i spent the most time with just because that fucking milk tank and then that lance with his goddamn dragon airs so i don't know what you're talking about it sounds fascinating oh so <laughs> um, i keep forgetting that y'all not yeah, i have no idea what you're with, talking about you know you said that you feel like they've always improved so like well, always- you think Leaf Green is better? You think Soul Silver is better than the previous than the original versions? <coughs> yeah, I mean, because I always viewed them as I always viewed it as more Pokemon, mm-hmm. like not necessarily like more Pokemon as in a number or a quantity, but like I just like I'm getting more, I'm just getting more Pokemon stuff, and right. I've always been excited, and I've always been happy, and I've always been like. I have, I just, I've never felt disappointed by a Pokemon game. I've never, <coughs> like, I've never started any new Pokemon game and been like, oh, the other one was better. There's the times I'm like, oh, I miss, like, this mechanic of it. And, and there's also been times where I'm like, ah, oh, I don't really want to do this part of it. And But, like, all I do is just not do that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
or it or doesn't I, force you to or like i go play the other game sure um i mean there's definitely times where i miss some of the simplicity of the like first couple generational games mm-hmm. versus like what we have now with the iv training and like all of these like stat things but uh yeah i don't think i've ever really i don't think they've ever really done i don't think a remake has ever done harm to the pokemon uh like like continuity or line or anything i don't think so either i mean and they obviously always always sell well um ryan i think that you're the only one of us i don't know maybe shanae played it uh to have played the original prey shanae did you play that game uh i played the demo for it but that's it ryan why do you think that the new prey uh has not seen much success has not seen success on on the way that bethesda would have hoped I don't know, um, because I think that the the major selling point of both the original Prey and the new one are, uh, you know, kind of innovative concepts and in, in the first person shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that pro- I think that perhaps the original Prey saw more success just because, you know, people weren't doing a whole lot of interesting things with shooters back then, uh, and at the time, it and ha- there was a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that Prey at the time like really stood out because it was doing the whole. Uh, like the whole, you know, inverted gravity thing and like you never know which way is up and the whole teleportation thing. Sure. Because uh, you got to you gotta remember like this is like the the whole thing with portals and everything. That was cool, especially because at that time Portal wasn't out yet. Uh, so Was it not? The first one? No? I don't believe so. I could be wrong though. Um, but even still, it was just doing a lot of things where uh, that were different, and especially in a time where most of the shooters that we were getting at uh, around uh, around when Prey came out was they were like a lot of military centric shooters, and a lot of, a lot of it was like really straightforward. Um, and I think that in the intervening ten years, uh, we've seen you know a lot of stuff. You know, with uh, we've seen a lot of things in first person shooters. Now we've seen a lot of uh, blending of different genres in the first person in the first person shooter space, and I think that perhaps, you know, I just maybe praise and just isn't is is not as interesting as it once was. Uh, now that being said, I think that they still are building on like a pretty interesting premise with the new one. Um, I also think that there. I also think that uh, 2017 has seen a deluge of a lot of high quality games. There's a lot of competition. Uh, yeah. and I think that it, it's up against more, uh, I, I think Prey is up against more now than Prey was up against back in 2007. Uh, do you think that, you know, the, I'm not saying that the game isn't successful, but it's sure. definitely not selling to the point that Bethesda wishes that it was. Sure. Uh, do you think that it would be more successful if it had more ties to the original Prey, or at least some ties, because from what I hear, there are no ties to the original Prey. So I think that, honestly... So I... I think back to when people were... When the press was still covering Prey 2, and I think about, you know, a lot of the concepts that were laid out in the... uh, and what that game was going to be. And I think that, overall, that was probably going to be a more interesting game than what this game turned out to be um mechanically or i think that i think it more thematically than anything um but i think that having ties to prey 2 it i don't think it would have helped that much because i don't think that a lot of people yeah i could be wrong but i don't think like a lot of people are that nostalgic for 
uh, the original Prey. Like, at the time... Oh, no. It's a, it was the same thing we talked about with, like, Dreamcast and shit. Like, yeah. you know, people act like they loved it, but nobody fucking bought it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, at because at the time when Prey came out, and that, remember, this is, like, this is before Bioshock uh, had come out. So I was just like, when I played Prey at the time, I was like, you know what? Shooter of the year right here. Shooter <laughs> of the year. I, I'm calling it right now. You have two Cluckers editions. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I'm still living in 2007, I guess, but uh, you know, I uh, it was a, such a fascinating game, and I think that if they built on the concepts or the themes uh, that were set forth in Prey in the in the original Prey, I think that would have been really cool. But then again, I can't really say how well that would have aged, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I, don't I th- think the mechanic of being on the ceiling would still hold up. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it, it it led to like a lot of really cool uh, gameplay moments in that game. Yeah. Um, now I don't know that it would. I know that they could probably be, like build on top of that and put some like really cool, interesting things around it. Especially if they went the route of <clears throat> maintaining like the whole, uh, like the thing with like all the portals and everything. Uh, you know, I think that they they could have built a, a really cool direct sequel to that game. But that being said, I'm not sure that uh, I'd want it. Sure. Because I'd because you know fairly recently within like the past few years, I went back to the original Prey, and it doesn't hold up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. um okay. I guess this one's for everybody. You got something, Shanae? Uh I just wanted to correct myself from earlier. I said. Uh oh. I did the thing that I always do, which I just pull like names that are closest to it instead of saying the right ones. Yeah. It's not going to matter to you, yeah. but I realized after I said it, <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I said the right names. So it's Whitney who had the milk tank. Not I said Courtney. And then, of oh. course, oh. Lance somebody would have caught that. And Lance has a dragonite, not Dragonair. Oh, how dare you? I, God, I, you monster. How dare I you? I know. <laughs> I just. You I, call I, yourself a fan. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so bad with Nate. I know what I mean. Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> okay, so this is for everybody. Uh, with Specifically with remasters and HD collections and things of that nature. Sure. Uh, we, we've seen a lot, especially this generation, right? We saw the Nathan Drake collection, the Bioshock collection, right. and Grand Theft Auto remastered, and, 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 and uh, fucking... Skyrim. Last of Us and Skyrim. Yeah, the list goes on, right? Right. Uh, do you think that... Do you think that these games are getting re-released too soon? Well, I think that I was definitely thinking about uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto because Grand Theft Auto Five came out in 2013, right? And within like what? Because like in that same year, the PS4 and uh, Xbox One came out, yep. And with like within a year and a half of that game's release, mm-hmm. we got a remaster of that game. So. Here's what where I'll defend them. One, those the remasters of Grand Theft Auto V are more significant than most remasters that come out. They do mechanical uh, things. Right. With the first person shooting, more more population, more animals, things of that sure, nature. Sure. And they just called it Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. They didn't call it Grand Theft Auto V remastered or HD. They just sure. called it Grand Grand Theft Auto V. Sure. Um Now with The yeah. Last of Us, I think so. I'm of two minds with The Last of Us. So The Last of Us came out in 2012. Uh, 13. The same same year as Infinite. Okay. Oh, sorry, Infinite. I don't know. Okay. Um. So it's 2013 then. Yeah. Uh. So I'm of two minds with that because one, when the when Last of Us Remastered came out, I hadn't played the original uh, release of that game. Uh. 
I think that's the case with most people. Yeah, I didn't. Pl- I hadn't because at the, when that game came out, I didn't have a PS3, so right. uh, I couldn't get a. I you know I couldn't have played it, but um, you know I think that with games that people really love, I think that the I, I feel like the sooner you can do something to make that game better in any way, mm-hmm. like the better. You know, I because you know, you know, improving, you know, improving the uh, the the visuals just a little bit, and you know, getting that frame rate higher. I mean, I think that I think that's great. Like, if if we were if we're stuck at thirty before, and you can make it sixty now. See, so here's my thing with that. I don't think that I'm glad the Last of Us Remastered exists. Right. I don't think that it's that improved from the PlayStation Three version. No. As somebody who's played both, I yeah. don't think like it is a little bit. You get the DLC, yeah. You know the frame rate's a little bit better. I mean, there was, there was memes about it, uh, but then, and like of, of side yeah. side by side comparisons. Right. I, um, I just, why I do think it is good is that it exposed that game to a much larger audience, and and I don't think that's good for every game, but I think for a game that's that critically praised, sure, to have had so few people play it upon its initial release, I think it's good to get it out. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, something like the Bioshock collection, I think is completely unnecessary. Sure. Yeah. I just feel like, um, I, I bought it, but you know. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the, uh, remastered, uh, editions <coughs> are just to like help fill your library for your new console. Sure. I mean, it's, I, it's smart for the publisher, right? Oh, no. I mean, it when is. this many people own a PlayStation 4 and people know the name Bioshock, you're going to make money off of it. Sure. But, but is, also, it, is it good for the consumer? But it's also, you know? like, people aren't going to... A lot of less people are going to ask about when the next AAA game is coming yeah. out. When you're pumping out, like, oh, you can repl- you can now play Skyrim on your new console. You can I now... I disagree. I think it, adds, it I think oftentimes leads to people asking when the new game is coming up because you see you saw this a lot with playstation 3 right uh they released a sly cooper collection leading up to the next sly cooper game they released the 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 same thing with ratchet and clank the same thing with the uh team eco collection the same thing with flow and flower and all that like they they released those uh to gauge interest in the new product all right for xbox one though like like i mean like as both consoles of xbox one and ps4 yeah xbox one uh, I'm just saying, like, if you're, if you can just, like, go to the store and be like, well, at least there's a selection on the wall, mm-hmm. and, like, I can pick, oh, I haven't been able to play Grand Theft Auto V in a couple of years. Sure. Uh, or, well, Grand Theft Auto V, whatever, whatever has been newly released as far as a remaster from a, from a previous generation. Right. It's like, oh, I can play this. Cool. This is a game to play instead of, like, sitting there and be like, oh, I'm, like, when's the next Call of Duty or Battlefield or whatever genre or whatever game you're excited about. <clears throat> it at least gives you something to play in the meantime, and I feel like that's a lot of the purchases are just, like, for some of the, are not a lot. I feel like there's definitely a good portion of purchases that are just, like, that kind of group and crowd. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I feel like Skyrim served uh, a bigger purpose than to get people to buy it again. Uh, I think that um, it brought to console gamers what we had never gotten to see before, which was mods. But in such a limited way. But it, a limited way is better than in no way at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's true. And that's I th- true. Uh, and I think that it was a very cool thing for people who don't game on PC. Uh, for them to be able to experience that in some capacity. Now, by no means, and as you said, it's a limited way, so it's it it 
vastly pales in comparison to what you can do on the PC version. Mm-hmm. But being able to customize your experience at all uh, to a much greater degree than console gamers had been able to see before is still really cool. Yeah. And so it was so the cool so the thing about Skyrim and both the th- and with Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto, uh, they were functionally different from their original console releases. Um, in that aspect, in sure. that aspect, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the same game still, right? But there was more functionality added to to both of those titles. I mean, it adds more than a piece of DLC, sure. Yeah. Um, whereas typically, yeah, <laughs> typically, um, you know, then and you know, and I'm wondering, and I now as somebody who has played the at least a part of the original franchise. Like, what are your feelings on the Insane Trilogy? You know, I really like it, and I think it's a smart thing to do. I, I hope that they do more of it. I hope most companies with a long lineage uh, can do more of this. I like the fact that it's like it's like Mario All-Stars, right? You're using the same wireframe. You're using the same hitboxes. Right. You were literally just making the game look better. And I don't think that's necessary for last-gen games, but for games that are over a decade old, sometimes two decades old, uh, I think it's pretty legit. Yeah. You know? And I've been playing those lately. Uh, like the originals or? Well, no, the, the re-release. Okay. And goddamn, hard as balls. <laughs> With the, uh, the Crash one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Crash 1, man, those fucking bridges are still just awful, awful. Mm. But but I like that. They kept they kept the bad. They you know, they yeah. uh, they they wanted to be true to what those games were and they very much are. The wireframe is the same on those games. Um it's literally just the visuals, yeah. you know. There are the, the only differences like gameplay differences is that like you can now see how many boxes you've broken in a level. Cool. Uh, you can be Coco Bandicoot if you want to be, but uh, like other than that, same. Yeah. You know, um, which I appreciate. I, I'd love to see that. For, you know, if they did something like that with like Ninja Gaiden or whatever, like that'd be awesome. Yeah. You know. Um. So let's talk just real quick about spiritual successors. We all know my hatred for Mighty Number no. Nine. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, you paid for that. Yeah. You know, games like Ukulele, Mighty Number no. Nine, uh, Bloodstained. These are not remakes. These are not remasters. Sure, uh, they're not sequels even, but they are what these people are legally allowed to do. Right? Sure. How do we feel about these? Because I fucking love them. I don't think that there's any reason to feel negatively about them at all, uh, especially if they're if they're you know like with with Bloodstained and, and what we know now know as an unfortunate event, of Mighty Number no. Nine. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I think that you know, leading like the, like conceptually, there's not a reason to feel negatively about it at all. Especially if the person helming the project is the person who helmed the original, mm-hmm. uh, and they and they know very much what make the, what made those games what they are, what made those games loved by so many people, and being able to retain the essence of that because I, I think that is what you're really looking for. Now, that's not to say that people who. Uh, it's not to say that you know spiritual successors made by admirers of those people can't be good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, I think that they're great because um, even if it's not the same person making uh, that spiritual successor, I think that a tribute to great games is also really cool as yeah. well. Um, what do you think, Shanae? Uh I mean, my first episode on this podcast, I talked about Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is a spiritual successor. Oh, you did talk about that. Well, that's and, t- technically in the same franchise, though. 
It is. Te- it is technically. Like yes, it's very different, but it's yeah. technically in the Xeno franchise. Yes, but uh, I mean, it still is a spiritual successor to the first Xenoblade Chronicles because there is Xenoblade Chronicles too. How would you feel if somebody? I would call it a spinoff more than I would call it a successor. How would it's you? A spiritual successor. How would you feel if somebody? They call it a spiritual successor. If somebody was like, I would like. Monolith to- calls it that. Well, you said they, though. How would you feel if somebody was like, I really like Xenoblade, and I'm going to make a game that's basically Xenoblade with a different name? How would you feel about that? Uh, It depends uh, if they did it well or not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Just be honest. If it's done for, like, meh. Yeah. Well, I mean, for true, I mean, true for, I guess that rings true for any game, but, um, because I think that's more along the lines of what Tom might be talking about. Uh, like with Bloodstained and I mean, I just in general, you know, because we've seen it done poorly, we've seen it done well. Um, there's the crowdfunding element that's attached to almost all of these games. Yeah. Um, you know, just in general, you know, we we're for it, we're against it. Didn't somewhere Mighty, in the middle? Isn't Mighty Number no. Nine the game that killed crowdfunding for you? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely put a put a bit of a strain on. My willingness to 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 fund any other games, yeah. Um, not to say that I won't ever again, but I think I can't remember the other game that, that's doing this. It's it's recent, uh, but like with Mighty Number no. Nine, there are people that just last week are getting their bonuses for that game. Sure, they're you know, and and they also announced a sequel, not not a sequel. They announced another game from the same team before that game was even out. Right. And that's happened. That happened recently too. I can't remember what game, what game it was though. Um, you know, they announced Red Ash before Mighty Number no. Nine was even out, before it was even close to sure. out. And I think that's kind of shitty. I think uh, d- deliver on what you've been paid to deliver first. I, I I also think that we all have a very good opinion of uh, Road Redemption. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's none of the same people. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not good at it, but I like it. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a fantastic tribute to what is, you know, what was one of my one of my favorite uh, series as a kid. Um, you know, and it it holds a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that made Road Rash uh, really cool to me at the time, and kind of updates it with you know more of of that you know it's and you know i think it improves upon road rash i think yeah. road redemption is a better road rash than any other road rash sure you know and i think that's rare yeah i almost said road rash double dash but i know that's not what that one was that called. would be fucking rad though <laughs> I swapping feel, out i feel like that's what it well that's not what it was but yeah it had sidecars in it um i guess <laughs> to to end the topic uh what is you know what we saw we saw we've seen things over the past couple of years like Final Fantasy VII remake, right? Sure. And then this year uh, from Blue Point, we saw Shadows of the Colossus, right? Um, I think a lot of people are really excited for both of those, you know, myself included. Uh, what yeah. is what is something that is yet to be announced that you would like to see remade? God damn! Uh, I feel like I was just thinking about this recently. Um. I don't know. I think, you know, there are a lot of games that I would like to have remade. I, I but I think that if I were to if I were to really think about it, um there are uh you know, there are 
certain games that I just I'm not sure that I'd want to go back to now. But I will say this though: if someone said, if Capcom was like, "Hey guys, uh, you guys remember Dino Crisis? Well, we're doing that again." I would love to see. A re- I would love to see a remake of Dino Crisis. And would you want that in like the Resident Evil uh, Resident Evil remake remake style, or would you want like a completely just new? See, thing? I don't know uh, because like I thought that I was I thought that I was over uh, that control style like years like after Resident Evil Four. I was like, this is what I want these games to be now. So you're not talking about necessarily the tent controls. You're talking more about the fixed camera angles. Yeah. But I think that actually... Because remake controls just with a stick, yeah. not tank controls. You know? <coughs> uh, I, but all the, although I can say at the time, though, I didn't... I feel like I could go back to the original controls of Dino Crisis and be okay with it. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see Dino Crisis, like, updated to, you know, what we can do now. Sure. Like, those dinosaurs would look fucking sweet. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Between like Horizon and Monster Hunter and all that, like you can make a good-looking dinosaur now. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Monster Hunter has those good-looking dinosaurs. Oh, does. Um, you know, I think th- I don't know. I I think that there's just so like there's so much that's out right now. Yeah, that it's kind of hard to like like really dig back and think about like games that I haven't seen in a while. Um. You know, there are some racing games that I'd like to that I that I I would be interested to see brought into you know the 21st century. Like, like it would be cool to have uh, like Rad Racer. I'd love to. I'd like to see. I'd like to see what that would be like. And I feel like it would look. It would be kind of. It would be very close to like Outrun, but who cares? Yeah. Um. You know, uh, I'd like. I would very much like them to take one more shot at Final Fight. Like just one more try. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Because we had we had Final Fight. I don't. Okay, so I'm not I'm not familiar how you say it because I remember it was final at the time it was Final Fight. I thought it was Final Fight X. Now I don't know if it's Final Fight Cross or whatever. I'm not positive. Uh, but that was the one that came out like in, like early to mid 2000s. Yeah, that just fucking tanked. Yeah, but I'd like to see them do that one more. Fucking Fighting Force, like a remake. It's of- funny you say that. I was gonna bring up Fighting Force. Yeah. I think a remake of Fighting Force would be cool. Uh, I think even better than that, and I know I've talked about it on the show a few times now, uh, I only recently found out, I've known Fighting Force since it came out, I only recently f- found out that Fighting Force was intended to be a uh, Streets of Rage sequel. Yeah. Um, that would be Sega cool, Sega didn't too. like the fact that they wanted to publish it on all platforms, mm. so they had to change it last minute. Um, so yeah, Streets of Rage would be cool. Can we? Can I? Can I include reboots in this? Yeah, include whatever you want. Condemned. Condemned reboot would be cool. I, I'd like to see I would like to see Condemned come back. I feel like it would be less successful now. Probably. And I think I also think that it would I'm pretty sure that if it did come back it would be a VR game. Yeah. Uh Shanae, Uh What you want? First one that popped in my head, to be honest, was Fatal Frame. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh I don't think Ryan could handle that. I could barely handle it at the fucking time, dude. <laughs> Fatal Frame 2 scared the shit out of me. But uh, uh, I'd try it, though. Yeah, I think Fatal Frame would be really, really fun to Yeah, try. yeah. Um, Fatal Frame. Cool. I think it would be really easy to port into a pretty, like, a decently successful VR game. Yeah. I would like to see that. I think that would be... I'm yeah, that would probably work pretty well. Yeah. It would work extremely well. You could do that on Rails. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I would. I would like to see Fatal Frame uh, and come then, back. Uh, the second one that popped in my head was, uh, and probably because Berto's been playing Knights of the Republic Online. Mm. I uh, Kotor one and two is like a bundle remake, yeah. like or like just remaster, even a remastered thing of that. That's basically. I just want a remaster to that. Actually, because they play fine. Yeah. They play wonderfully. Yeah. I think those games would look. I think they could make those games look really good now. I mean, they, yeah. they make they made online look amazing. Oh yeah, so, that's yeah, a, that's like, a great MMO. And yeah. they and they can if they could do that in MMO like a state like a standalone game could mm-hmm. do amazingly well. Yeah. So I think mine, uh, other than Streets of Rage, uh, they've already tried twice and it doesn't work. But a new Turok. Yes, a new all Turok. Dinos, all dinos. Yes, like, might have just dinos. remake, dude. Remake the first game, or the second, either one. Yeah, I mean the first one's definitely got more dinos. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they they tried but remaking it with with the the GameCube era, and they tried remaking it on 360, and like neither game took off real well. Yeah. Uh, um. Now the because I'm thinking about like Turok two and how cool the three world bore would look now. Yeah, it look fucking sick now. Yeah. So yeah, I would be, I would be very much into the. I would very much be into like Turok too. Um, I can't remember if Turok, give it to Machine Games. Turok Two had competitive multiplayer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still does. You can buy you can buy the Turok Two on PC now and still play multiplayer on it. Cool. Yeah. You cool. know, what, you know what game would also be super easy to turn into a, a semi decent VR game? What? Echo the Dolphin. Echo. Echo the Dolphin. Echo the Dolphin. Nah, that game sucks. I don't want that. I hate Echo. Echo sucks. You got you got to remember, Echo came out when like dolphins were the in thing, right? Yeah, like, like that was during that was Lisa very much Frank Lisa was Frank. blowing yeah. up and you fucking. S- <laughs> you say that like dolphins have stopped being the in thing. Okay, yeah, but like Lisa Frank isn't what it once was. Yeah, there is no longer a Flipper series on TV, which no. at the time there was a new Flipper show going on. And there was a Flipper movie too. Yeah, like it's it's yeah, yeah. no no thank nah, you. Nah, thanks. <laughs> okay, I'm unapolog- I'm unapologetically shutting that down. So, Ryan, you won trivia earlier in the episode. What is something that you've been into or just want to talk about? Doesn't have to be games related. Sure. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, you guys are probably like at least like uh, faintly aware of this, but uh, I'm actually, you know, I'm I consider myself to be a fan of pro wrestling. Oh yeah. Um. And I've recently been watching uh, Glow on Netflix. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. <gasps> uh, it's basically based on uh, their... Uh, it's based on this real life thing from the 80s where this... Oh, I've seen the splash screen come up. Yeah. I didn't know it was about wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's based... The, the, the premise is... It's based on this real life thing where this promoter was like, he's like, I want to do a wrestling show that's nothing but women. And there's a there's a documentary that's also on Netflix uh, about it. Uh, but the show itself is actually... It's it's really... It's like a, it's a really fun thing to watch. Like, I think even as somebody who doesn't enjoy wrestling very much... You know, I think that, you know, you could probably be into it just because the story is really... Is it sexy? Uh, Well, I guess that depends on how you define sexy, Tom. Okay. Um, Okay. You know, I... So, glow, huh? You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's a a, a really fun show. It's got a... it's got Allison Brie, Mark Marin. Um, I love Allison Brie. Yeah, she's oh. the, she, love her. She's a, she's the pretty much like what I consider to be the main character of that show. Is yeah. she isn't so? Um, I see a lot of gifs of her like being in a bra 
And it's a show that I'm not familiar with. I, is it that show? Is she in a bra a lot? I think I saw no, her. No, that's an older show. I know what gift you're talking about. I've no, there's like multiple ones oh. where she's like in different bras. Got I've it. seen her in a bra or, once that I can remember on that show. So, um, Any final words before we close it out? Uh, yeah, Tom, I got to say, uh, um, this is, I think this is the first time uh, in almost two years of doing this show mm. that we'd had what I consider to be like a philosophical discussion about video games. And that's really cool. No way. We've no. got, we've gone deep before. Not like this Balls is deep. This is, I feel like this is probably <laughs> the, like the most, like one of the more in-depth conversations that we've had during this time. And like, it's, it's you're, I'm basically trying to say that your format was really neat and I like, thank it. you. I think it was just the more, sh- most structured. So we noticed how far it was kind of going. Sure. Actually, can I finish? Ryan, you only get one can I finish per episode. So, <laughs> I just don't like, her bam, undermi- bam, bam. I don't, I don't like her undermining me in front of the fans. Um, I mean, oh we, we can adjust things. If we choose this format, we can adjust things and change how can I finish works. Yeah. But my thought was you get the question right, you get one can I finish per yeah. episode. Uh, oh, uh, for sure. Because if Shanae's not talking for like 30 minutes or whatever, that's going to be kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That'd be real cool, though. So this has been episode 98 of the Safe Continue <laughs> Podcast. Uh, like I said, you can find us all over the place. Uh, email us questions, thoughts, concerns, whatever you'd like at SaveContinuePodcast at gmail.com. My name is Tommy Shelby. Ryan, Ryan Robinson. Robinson. Shanae Howard. Beautiful babies. Mm. I'm quite cute. And Bye. we're out. Bye. Next week. <laughs>